When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. I had to fail, had to fall, just for what I did well. And there's some stories I can tell you. This is the final word, Women's Ashes Daily, day five. We've never been able to say that before. Day five from a women's test match. It did happen. This is day five from Trent Bridge. Jeff Lemon and Cameron Ponsonby with you. The show brought to you by Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. And you're going to tell us about the day's play in 30 seconds, which today might be a little easier than usual. So England scored 22 runs off the first four overs. They're in a good sport. They're going to win. Then Ashley Gardner gets Kate Cross out. Then Ashley Gardner gets Amy Jones out. Then Ashley Gardner gets Sophie Eccleston out. Then she gets Lauren Flyer out, Filer even. And then she gets... Uh, it was the last one. Danny White's yeah. out and Australia win. That's it. That's pretty much what happened. It was surprisingly quick when it came. I mean, not for the first little bit. You know, Cross makes, what, 11. Um, bats okay for a little bit. Like the first 20 minutes, you go, okay, well, they're knocking off some runs here. Wyatt and Cross get a few from the from the night watch. Get Amy Jones in who could make a 50. Like, you never know. They might be able to push it close. And then once Cross got out, it slips away pretty fast. Yeah, I think I realised the reality of the situation when I went, oh, Cross has gone all right there. That's a few runs and she got 11. Mm. And I was like, oh, actually, they need another 100 and that's loads. And there was just kind of that irresistible pull of like cricketing collapses in a chase. It just, it it runs all of a sudden become three times harder to score and England against Ashley Gardner, they just didn't really look like they knew how to score a run. Um, Amy Jones in particular, to Danny White, they had sweepers out on the fence. Amy Jones came in, they brought everyone up and I think she got off the mark of like a 14th delivery. And until that point, it was a case of, I don't know where England are going to find these runs on day five at all. It was a smart field to Wyatt because she's such a touch player. She likes to get momentum. She likes to hit the boundary. And so they cut off those options for her. Anytime she could get something, it was a single out into the deep, sort of 12th over of a big bash game kind of thing. And she was getting a bit frustrated. You know, she likes to, she bats up the top in T20 cricket with the field up and she can go over the top of them. She's not as accustomed to having to find the gaps when everyone's back. Not at all, and especially from, I think it was in the first or second over of the day, she's absolutely crunched a cover drive off McGrath, and there was that kind of feeling of, this is it. I mean, it was as simple as why or bust for England. This was why she was in the team. She was literally in the team to bat in the middle order, force the issue, and get a runnable 50, 60, 70, whatever it be, and that's what they she was needed of her today, and in her defence, she did that. Yeah. It was just she kind of fell out of her partners at the other end, but it was kind of quite... You've got an insight into the kind of ruthlessness of the Aussies when batting with Sophie Eccleston, kind of they just went field out to Wyatt, we'll just bowl at the other end. And it was that case of normally seven down, 100 left to win. There's an element of complacency that can creep in. You go, we'll do these, but Australia were kind of shit hot on it until the end. 
Yeah, there were there was. I mean, if you're giving away the single per over, they're like, we can afford to do this for 50 overs straight um, until there's any worry yes. about the runs. Exactly. So, um, and then and then Jones with the weird stumping sort of situation comes down, sort of a, plays across it. It goes through to Healy, who fumbles it, bobbles it up, has to snatch it on the rebound, and then dash the bails off. And she should have got back, Amy Jones. I mean, she's got time to swing the bat back. It just stalls on the line somehow, like almost like it gets caught on the line. Uh, the noise below us is the hovercraft, if you're wondering, which they always love to fire up halfway through the final word. Um, yeah, it's, it's almost like the bat gets jammed on the line or something, or she doesn't quite have enough stretch to get back there. I, I know it's out. I know physically and literally and scientifically it's out. Morally, I think it's not out. I don't think Amy Jones should have been gone. I thought she should have been allowed to carry on batting. Because no one celebrated. Healy was annoyed at herself for missing the stumping. And just visually, it was fine. And no one really thought about it. Even as you said, like, Jones bat, she was home. She was safe. And then all of a sudden, like, the kind of time stopped as her bat was on the, on the crease line. And then these green bales, which are impossible to see because you have a green background, you kind of zoom in. You go, oh, she's out. That's it. And especially because it was the one ball after she'd hit her boundary. So it felt like, oh, maybe she's kind of broken the shackles now. We'll be fine. Um, they're just doing laps now with the hovercraft. They're just trolling us with the hovercraft. Yeah, thank you, thank you. That's great. Just get right underneath us and just do it in circles. Um, yeah, it's great framing, you know. Uh, so look, that was. I thought it was almost like extra flare points with the let it pop up and then like I don't need to stump you on the first attempt. I'll do you on the second. She did have. She had time to get back, Jones, and didn't. Um, and that kind of sums up how things went. Uh, had the decision gone the other way, she might have batted for three or four more balls. Who knows? Um, maybe it would have made a real, real difference in the wash up at the end of the day. It didn't. Um, Eccleston came in. A few made 10, uh, and then she gets done nicely by Gardner, who comes around the wicket, does the, the, the full float in, straighten down the line, um, hits her low enough. I mean, there's not that much bounce left in the pitch on day five. Uh, it was she reviews it, but it's three reds hitting top and middle. It was always out, and off spinners bowling around the wicket, it is always out. LBW, that's a very passionate belief of mine. She's got a pitch in line and straight, and it's kind of the new age of cricket where. I think traditionally everyone said, well, you're bowling around the wicket, it can't be out. No, it can be out, and it's out exactly that way, yeah. where, as you said, Eccleston reviewed, it was always out. It was ev like it was as dead as it can be, but you kind of are morally obliged to review. And then um, and then, then, then we were at the end. Then, yeah. then it was well, the only option then is that Danny Wyatt absolutely tees off and canes them, and she couldn't. She just couldn't find a boundary, couldn't get anything away, and, and it's Gardner bowling to the last two. Absolutely, and apparently, according, according to the scorecard, Lauren Filer batted for nine balls for zero. Don't believe that. I was, I was in, apparently I was here. I do not remember any of that. I don't think it happened. She went. Lauren Bell knocked a single, and Danny White was kind of duty bound to swing for the fences. One ball, LBW, yeah. game over. I did think maybe don't try to swing for the fences against Gardner, the bowler with seven wickets to that point. Like maybe see out that over and attack anybody else. Might have been the go at that stage, but um, you, well, you probably might as well have a, have a shot. But playing across the line, irregular bounce, she's hit in front. Um, Philo was beaten on the outside edge and, and it clips off stump. So Ash Gardner finishes with eight for 66. And I mean, if you thought like, like, I think it's rude that Australia have won the test match after Sophie Eccleston's, like, I think, I think heroic gets used in sport too much. That was, in a sense, heroic. She had to do so much of the work and basically carry that bowling attack on her own. Takes 10 wickets with grind and grind and graft. And then 
England just sort of hand over an extra five to Gardner on the last day and say, here you go. Not only um, has your performance not won England the test match, but also you don't even have the best figures in the match. I, I think Eccleston's bowled better than Gardner in this match. Like Gardner has obviously bowled incredibly well, but and she's even more so given that she's Australia's second spinner. Alana King should have been bowling more, but she's got a blow on the elbow and wasn't able to. And so Gardner has fulfilled this role amazing. And I love it when professional cricketers do this. They were talking about the, um, well, um, it was really tough to score runs if you bowled at the stumps. And it's like, that is, just, that is from top to bottom of the sport, it was just the plan here. Like, people kind of realised after halfway do almost the start of day four, actually, because England tried to nick people out on the last, at the end of day three. The plan here was bowl straight, keep the runs in check that way and just wait for people to make mistakes. And that is how kind of Gardner got these wickets. And at, at the end, it was there, were, there was procession vibes to those last three wickets. It was a matter of when, not if. And it was also that I think this pitch over the five days played really well in that the first three days there was a lot of scoring, pretty quick scoring, and then it got harder to bat on day four and five. Both teams had a turn at it being difficult to bat. Um, Australia managed to get something from Healy in the lower order to get them enough of a lead that it ended up being too much for England. But, you know, it, it became difficult on that last day with the bounce keeping low and all of the rest. It did, and that, that kind of took me by surprise because it happened there wasn't anything particularly extreme it wasn't like a ranked turn or anything but there did seem to be a bit of a binary shift of no one's getting out on this to 15 wickets yes yesterday yeah. and then today kind of there being it just looking so difficult to score I think things happen with Heather Knight made a point of it that this idea of oh well you only picked one spinner and 22 more than 22 wickets in this match being taken by spin she's like yeah but like Gardner was actually getting us out on our outside edge. It wasn't, it, I got one that turned, but for the most part, this is the ball that's not been turning, which has kind of been keeping kind of the wicket columns ticking over. Um, I still, I, I can't believe, cricket's a team sport in theory. England's had a someone who's taken a 10-wick call and someone scored a double century and they've lost. And I think, I think I saw a stat from Andy Zaltzman that that is the first time that's ever happened here at Trent Bridge. Okay. Maybe not. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, Trent Bridge is a hell of a caveat on that stat, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, look, there's been a reasonable amount of test cricket here, but there hasn't been all of the test cricket here. Yeah, okay. So, uh, look, I, I, I doubt, like, I know people have made double hundreds in losing courses, but a double and a 10 wicket match, maybe. Uh, I mean, there might have been a couple, but I can't imagine there being too many. Now, the um, the five-day situation, I'm sure you could look at it and say, well, they could have squeezed those overs into four days, but that would have been a different match had they done so, because things would have progressed in a different way. I, 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 it's a bit of a pet peeve of mine when people say, oh, you can bowl as many overs in four days as you can in five, because it's different. There'll be different overs. It's different. They're different overs. You have different kind of ebbs and flows in the match. You'll, you have one more day of, oh, let's get to the end of this session and let's get to the end of this day. Kind of, oh, let's come back tomorrow. The general kind of wear and tear of a pitch to kind of mentally is fundamentally different because batting a day, if it's 90 overs on day five versus batting a day of 100 overs on day four, you could say, oh, it's only 10 overs different, but actually it's not. It's, it's, it's all mentally changed. And I know I'm talking kind of uh, intangibles as opposed to reality, but the idea that that doesn't make a difference in kind of the cricketing sense when we literally get bowlers to go out and bat for 20 minutes at the end because the batter is too difficult at the end of a day, that does tangibly change the match, basically. So, no, of course, of course, of course the fifth day here has been a positive and was needed. And Australia go four points up in the series. The, the white ball games are worth two points each. So England have to win five out of six of the white ball games in order to win the series and get the Ashes back. Yeah, they're, they're cooked, mate. Like, 
I just saw this stat on the BBC. Australia have lost eight of their last 110 matches over the last five years. So they need to lose more than half of the, that number again in the next like five weeks. Six games. <laughs> like yeah. that's so that's the kind of state we are in. But having said that, I think one of the main frustrations for England coming out of this test is they'll go, we weren't actually that far off. Like you can pat yourself on the back and go, wow, wow, we played really well out there, and go, actually, we had a great opportunity to turn Australia over there, and. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of fluff their lines to an extent. Yeah, just a few things. Just you know, some of the bowling and field placements at the start of the third innings, not being able to kill it off, letting Healy get to a, to a half century. I mean, if Jones takes that catch with Healy on naught, maybe it's a totally different result. Um, and then, yeah, the way they batted last night, it was that classic end of the day, last half hour of panic. Um, and three wickets go: Beaumont, Knight, Siver, Brunt, all go, and that's it. I mean, that's that's how England can win the match if those three make runs. I think something Heather Knight's been saying to all the press afterwards, which I found quite interesting, was oh, we were a bit too aggressive on day three with the ball, kind of at that last spell where they went 80-90 for none in 19 overs. And I found that kind of a very interesting and more of a bigger admission than maybe she intended it to be because the whole point of this England team was we play yeah. ultra-aggressive cricket, that's what we're here to do, that's our mantra. And then they go, oh, we might have taken that bit too far actually there. And that was that shift of trying to nick people off with the new ball to coming back on day four and going ring fields, bowl at the stumps. Um, it, it is quite English, isn't it? Be very aggressive, not, not that, that aggressive. aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, and then I think that's kind of, that's passionate play is, is the one that England will look back on and go, we had such good opportunities here. They, they let England, they let Australia score 80, 90 of the easiest runs having just had their last four wickets fall for 15. And in the context of the match, that's that's where hindsight is at its clearest, is that little period there. Let's go to the final word, Hall of Fame. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Hall of Fame is the, uh, the the things we liked, sometimes the things we didn't like, the things that, that moved us in one way or another. Um, what jumped out at you in the, how many overs did we have? 15 this morning? 20? What jumped out at me was the fact we just found out Alyssa Healy has just been playing with two broken fingers um, just on the morning of day five as she's just stumped Amy Jones. I think it's her left index finger and her right ring finger. Yeah, these, these, th- these two. It goes like this. And yeah, and we kind of found that out as she was keeping wicket. So I, I imagine that had something to do with her going down to eight with the bat. But yeah. I don't... It's, it's a bit... Of, I actually found it almost offensive, the fact that you can keep wicket with two broken fingers. Or the fact... Or actually, maybe they're just fine and she's kind of hamming it up a little bit. Sure. I mean, yeah, Tim Payne, Johannesburg, 2018 with the fractured thumb. But didn't have two fractured thumbs, did he? Harden up. That's twice as many. That's twice as work. Bad. That's double the digits. Um, but she also sort of mentioned that people had been gobbing off at her for going to eight. But she also kept it secret that she had two broken fingers. You can't have it both ways, Elisa. Like, is it a secret? Is it not a secret? If it's a secret, then no one knows. And, I mean, admittedly, I'll go on the record and say on this show yesterday, I defended the move to no- number eight, you know, firmly firmly in that camp. But 
it's it's weird to keep that secret because she broke him in the in the warm up match and she came into this game with the two fractures and kept wicket and batted. Well, I, well, you defend you defended the move down to eight. I was loosely inferring that she was inferring her. She's on the run. She's on the run. I basically was like, fucking, let's see, shit scared. We can't go down to wait. No, she's got two broken fingers. So that's why she's done that. Um, I think, as you say, I guess you can't have it both ways from her uh, perspective. But from maybe from my perspective, wait a day. Find out. You never know everything. Yep. Um, so, you know, the papers didn't get a hold of that. Nobody reporting at the ground got a hold of that. Um, speaking of, of the coverage, I've got an anti-Hall of Fame for the major Australian newspapers, uh, none of whom bothered to send anybody to cover, even day five, you know, even day five, when a result was going to happen one way or another, and it was the last day of a test match and Nottingham's an hour and a half from London, then, you know, you can, you can employ people to do that. Like, you can, there are people whose job that is who will go and do that for you, and you're like, no, we'll just take wires copy. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, no need to, no need to report on an Australian test match because you know it's not it's not real cricket because men are playing like, they're in the nets yeah, exactly. you've got to be covering the men's nets coverage well, if, if Marnus and Steve are having a hit that's where you've got to be that's yeah. the only option oh, to be honest when you put it that way I should have I should have sent a message around the yeah. whole of Australia Actually, but yeah. like, copy for all of you in one go I'll do it under a fake name for every paper in the what what does the what does the Canberra Times need um, yeah what's, what's the mercury up to I, anyway that was that was um that, that didn't sit very well with me in a, a press box that had very few representatives from uh, any Australian media organizations today in terms of a more upbeat way of looking at things uh, I think let's look at Ash Gardner 12 in the match second best figures ever in women's test cricket there's been one 13 for and there were three 11s and she ends up with a 12 just remarkable in that she in a way she had the luxury to be the more attacking bowler at times but she was so influential I think more even more in the first innings than the second because she's the one when England are flying when Knight's out there smashing them makes 50 in quick time they're flying gets Knight out Siva Brunt does the same gets her out gets Beaumont out at the end of the innings to make sure they don't add another 20 or 30 I mean her interventions are crucial well she's got the kind of spine of England's batting lineup out in both innings I think her going Beaumont Knight Siva Brunt again yesterday evening was effectively where the game kind of changed. And then this morning, I think Crickviz were running a stat that kind of 60% of her balls were landing in a good line and a good length. And that was up from 40% the, the day before, yeah. basically. And when you think about that in context of someone like Scott Boland's the most accurate seamer ever, I know it's seam versus spin, but the most accurate seamer ever, and he's about 50, 55%. So Garden was going beyond that. Right. And that just showed kind of the confidence and kind of how comfortable she was at the crease. And the fact that England didn't have an answer. They weren't, they weren't doing anything to kind of be able to hit her off her lengths. They tried that yesterday and uh, well, Silver Brunt got out. Right, uh, our camera's rocking and rolling. We're in a gale up here. It's probably time to call this show to an end before we get blown off the roof um, before the hovercraft starts up again. But uh, yeah, I'd finish the Hall of Fame by saying we had an absolute belter of a test match. That's that's where it ends for me. That day four is the best day of women's test cricket that I've been at. Um, I didn't get to Perth in, in January 2014 for what was a great test match. Um, the finish of the Canberra test in 2022 was amazing, but it was a setup. It had to be set up, um, and it was. But in terms of just the pure quality of play, when England got it right, and they tighten the clamps, they go through the Australian middle. There's a fight back at the end. Um, they get a chaseable target in front of them, and then Gardner intervenes late in the day. It was. It had everything that you want from a day of Test cricket. It, it moved in all directions, um, and and I think it's it's thrilling and it's vindication of. Uh, of the fact that this format needs to be played across five days. Cricket Australia, who, who are still scheduling four-day test matches, by the way, this is, this is the thing. This worked. 
your stuff didn't. Sort it out. I did, I, I, that's the perfect place to finish in my head. Very good. This has been the final word. Women's Ashes Daily, Jeff Lemon and Cameron Ponsonby from Trent Bridge. Uh, the show is brought to you by Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. Uh, all of the Americana places to eat. You've got your Popeye's chicken. They've got your, uh, well, I can't, what, was it, what was the other for the Crab Shack? I've never been to a Crab Shack, but maybe I'm going to go to a Crab Shack. Yeah. Most famous chicken sandwich in the world. It is. Yeah, no spinach involved, just chicken. Um, and yeah, of course, you can you can head to Home Run House and smoke a few into the stands. Um, chuck Westfield into Google, you'll figure it out. Right, that's enough from us. This has been The Daily. We'll be back. Well, we'll be at uh, Adam Collins' wedding with The Wedding Daily tomorrow. And then we'll be back at Lord's with The Ashes Daily for the first day of the men's test the day after that. Who knows what sort of state we'll be in. You'll see, you'll be able to look at us or listen to us then. We'll see you next time. I ain't breezing and I ain't George Benson. I ain't protected by the right, I ain't fenced. And if my future questions, my current senses, that'll be the same we've been doing for centuries. Sorry if I ran out to empty, wrote this so you know what I meant here. I had to get.